Yo, 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 welcome back to The Edge with your boy Micah Parsons live in your Bleacher Report app. Hope everyone had a happy new year. Um, I hope your new year is full of love, um, cherishing moments, and people that you just love to be around with. And I hope it was a cherishable moment going into 2024. Um, claim your year, claim your day, claim your week, claim it all. Claim this is going to be it. Let's get straight to it. Oh my gosh, it was a great football weekend for all my football junkies. It couldn't get better than that. A lot of games down to the wire, a lot of blowouts. Uh, college football was even even more crazier. I mean, let's just get straight into it. And we're going to start out with our recap, Lions, Cowboys. If you didn't watch it, it was a Monsters game. Great game. Um, we're still healing from that game. It was a hard-fought game, I think, for both sides. But obviously, what came up the most, obviously, the controversy at the end of the game. And I'm just going to let it know right now, when the ref came up to me, and for some reason, I was kind of like on edge that a play like that was already happening. Um, but when 68 caught it, I did not think he was eligible. The lot, the ref reported that 70 was eligible. He reported him eligible uh, majority of the game. So, you know, when it happened, when the flag was thrown, I was not surprised. But I was surprised they went for it again after I jumped off sides. That was kind of like, wow. But... At the same time, I guess in their mindset, we already clinched their divi- they already clinched their division. Um, they kind of have nothing else to lose, so it's just kind of like we want to beat them and uh, any means possible. So uh, I'm not surprised by it at all. I think that was a it was a great game. Um, whatever, however they feel, uh, Dan Campbell said he drew it up with the officials before the game, but when they reported, they reported that 70 was eligible, and that's the end of the story. Um, it happens like that. And at this point, we got to move on. You win some, you lose some. Um, but it was a great game. Um, and, you know, it was some great football play. I, outside of that, Jimmy Johnson was ducked into the Cowboys ring of honor at halftime. Super great. Uh, super happy for Jimmy Johnson. Everything he contributed to Cowboys country, Cowboys nation. Uh, great game. He's a legend. And I'm super happy for him to finally be in the ring of honor. Uh, you see how many people love and cherish that man. Uh, he's super great. Jerry Jones also said he hosts this within the Super Bowl drought. Do you agree? Um, I, you know, I don't believe in uh, that type of karma and whatever voodoo um, that can have over. I think the people in the locker room and the people uh, that plays kind of contradicts the game. You know, I don't really believe into the extra analytics of outside noise, maybe for his personal thing. But, you know, to me, it's all about how we play and how great we're going to be and how how good our defense is going to be. Um, my man, C.D. Lamb, set two Cowboys franchise records in the game. He passed Michael Irvin for the most catches and the most receiving yards in the season. He was selected for a drug test, but it doesn't even matter. We know he's clean. That's CD, the best receiver in the NFL, not top five, not top three. He's top two, not two. And I think he's putting on the show. And if it wasn't for them, that little drought period that he before he had to show that he's always open, he arguably would have broke the record. Uh, I don't care what nobody say. CD's a, a boss. He's a number one receiver. And, you know, if it wasn't for Christian McCaffrey's year that he's having, um, who's arguably going up for MVP right now, is going back and forth, but I think Lamar just solidified himself as MVP. He probably should be Offensive Player of the Year. Um, him and Christian Tyreek is having uh, some of the best seasons that, you know, anyone could ever see in the NFL. Um, one of the three best weapons. Bruh, it, it, it's just been off the chain for the uh, the 
them through this year. Uh, you know, CD's arguably right there. He has one more game. Christian sitting out, and let's see how he does in that standpoint. But CD Lamb, congratulations, brother. You are truly showing why you're the number one. A lot of people, a lot of naysayers. There was a lot of naysayers. I remember Richard Sherman early in the year said he wasn't even a top five receiver. A lot of people say he couldn't be a number one when Amari Cooper was gone. But CD's still here. He just continuously get better, continuously just keep proving people wrong. And he's having a year of his life, and he's going to have a big, big payday coming soon. So uh, the drip guard is going to be shining, shining, bling, bling again real, real soon. But let's get right into it. A lot of downplay on Lamar Jackson's season. Yes, his stats may not be the best, but he is winning games. He's playing great football. And people forget, when you have these leads and you have this great defense, you don't always have to put the team on your back. But when the ball is in hand, great things happen. And last week on Fox, a radio host, Monse Bolanos, said Lamar Jackson shouldn't be MVP because, quote, I want my quarterbacks to be quarterbacky, and to me, Lamar Jackson is just a great athlete. And this is my point, right? Lamar Jackson has already won an MVP. The only thing he's missing is a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson is a solidified quarterback in this league. I don't care if you're quarterbacky. I don't care if you're a great athlete. That's like saying LeBron James can't be the greatest basketball player because he's not the greatest shooter or he's not the best dunker. He's just a great athlete. No, LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players to ever touch feet on a court. I don't care what period or wherever you put, however you want to put things. Man, you are, it doesn't matter. I don't believe in your athlete. You're just a skilled position, whatever. You're a dog, whatever. You play the game at an extremely high level. Lamar Jackson is a quarterback. When you look up his name, when you draft him, he was a quarterback. I don't care what type of category you try to put Lamar Jackson in. He is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback, and probably just solidified himself as an MVP at this year and the NFL this year. I mean, it, you, you'll have a dominant win against arguably, you know, the Miami Dolphins who upset uh, upset us last week. And you go do that. I mean, Lamar, like, come on, bro. And then the stats he had, it was just, it was just breathtaking, bro. He was just on a whole nother level. Um, so congratulations, Lamar. The Steelers defense is coming to try to put rain on his charade, but they'll probably finish their uh, season strong. They're the number one team in the AFC, which is extremely important, um, locked it in. So they are going to have a lot of rest time. But man, oh man, Lamar Jackson is playing unbelievably right now. Um, and you just keep proving people wrong. You know, obviously, them back-to-back wins against, you know, playoff-caliber teams. I mean, they're both playoff teams. Obviously, the 49ers are number one team in the NFC. And wherever the Dolphins is going to be, they're going to be a top seed. Um, you know, the back-to-back moments, back-to-back blowouts. And, you know, these is MVP. I mean, these is people that's been involved in MVP conversations. Tool was involved in MVP conversations. Brock Purdy was the leader of the MVP conversation before he played Lamar. And Lamar just walked through both of them. I mean, this is, this is, it's just mind-boggling what he's doing right now. How good the Ravens are. The Ravens are arguably about to have the best defense that anyone's ever seen before. They're going to talk about this defense for years to come. I mean, years to come. The way Roquan and Patrick Queen's playing right now, it's unbelievable. I mean, and then the way this offense is clicking, down Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely stepping up. They're putting themselves as the best team in the NFL right now with the 49ers right there. Playoffs is going to be very interesting. Playoffs is going to be great, great. I think this is going to be one of the best playoffs uh, that people have seen in a while. And, you know, obviously I hope my Dallas Cowboys come out on top. Ravens defense, they're allowing 16.3 points a game, uh, 26 takeaway, 54 sacks. They're leading everything going to the last week. This deep, this is like historic Ray Lewis like stuff right here. Like this is crazy what they're accomplishing. Um, overall, they're a great team. 
I mean, and, and, and it's fun to see. I, honestly, I love watching them. Um, you know, Patrick Queen and Roquan. Uh, and, and if you notice, every top team, they have elite linebacker play. And I, I think that's something that can't go unmissed. I think linebackers should get way more value because look who's leading each team. Drake Greenlaw, Fred Warner is leading the 49ers. The Ravens got Patrick Queen, Ro- Roquan Smith leading the uh, Ravens, two top defenses. I mean, you look at... Before the Bills lost Matt Milano, Matt Milano was one of the best linebackers in the NFL. You see how far they dropped um, and how things fell off when he left. Linebacker play is extremely important in the NFL, and it should not go unmissed. Um, you need extremely talented linebackers. It, it's just it's unbelievable what these them two teams are doing They're in their linebacker play. Probably both going to be all-pro linebackers this year. Let's get into the AFC East. Bills playoff scenario heading to the final week. If the Bills win, they clinch the AFC East. But if they lose and the Steelers beat the Ravens, who just clinched the number one seed, the Jags beat the Titans. So this could be a very dangerous situation for the Bills. This is a must-win. Have it. Don't even leave it up to chance because the Steelers have beat the Ravens before. The Jags can beat the Titans and the Texans can beat the Colts. Obviously, with C.J. Stroud back, I mean... I wouldn't even put up the chance. Bills, this is a must-win for you. Uh, go out and take it. Um, Josh, you've been playing lights out. And and go get what you deserve, man. Go prove people wrong. Um, way to bounce back in your season. They're streaking at the right time. They're getting hot. They just won four straight. And then, you know, obviously, um, I've, I want to give a big shout-out and a prayers to my bit, my dog, Bradley Chubb, and Xavier Howard. Man, the Dolphins missed two big ones. I mean, this is just terrible. Terry's ACI, 11 sacks, leading the league in, with six forced fumbles. Um, and he plays last lights out against us, man. And it's just true, truly sad to see the injuries that's going down right now, man. This is just – and it's just sad, bro. You see the quarterbacks, you see elite players just keep going down this year. And uh, it, it just makes you think, like, what's going on? Uh, the way he dropped, I mean, it it's just truly sad. And, uh, you know, we're just going to send a quick prayer to Bradley Chubb because uh, you, you hate to see a great rusher like him, uh, you know, fall out like that, especially how well he's been playing and where his teams, they just lost. They lost Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, two of their best edge rushers uh, this year. So heartbreaking for Miami. Um, hopefully they find a way to b- uh, bounce back and hopefully they find a way to get Jalen Waddle back on the back on the field um, because he's out right now with Xavier Howard. Uh, this extremely sucks for Miami. Some of their best players are out with injuries uh, towards the end of the season. And you kind of hate to see that trend, right? The injuries, the um, the losses, because, you know, you kind of want to start building up, you know, strong wins heading into playoffs. And uh, it just seems like they just keep losing people, um, which is bad. So uh, you're going to count for people late in the season to have to step up who may not have been seeing a lot of play time. Um, and, that, and that sucks. So, you know, I'm hoping everyone stay healthy. Everyone uh, gets excited. You know, it's one more week left of NFL football before playoffs. So, you know, it's about to get real intense. It's about to get real exciting. Uh, I think this season went by very fast. And let's just finish the year off strong. Uh, We're going into a new year. So I hope this new year starts off right. So let's get straight into it. Getting hot when it matters. The Bills have lost. And their last loss was an OT against the Eagles. They have gone on to win four straight. The Eagles have lost four of the last five games since they beat the Bills. What does this mean for the Eagles? The Eagles' last loss moved us into first place in the NFC East and gave the 49ers the number one seed. You could say, what is going on, right? You know, a lot. one of my teammates said, it's better to learn when you win to learn when you lose. And I think what's going on right now is the same mistakes that Philly was making uh, when they won. They never corrected them uh, when they won. And when they lost, 
They're just like, well, uh, this should be corrected. This could be fixed. So it's something internally going on for sure. I'm definitely going to count on and lean on to their leaders to make things change. Um, you know, and, and you always want to start building. You never want to start losing confidence in your teammates and your coaches around this time. This is when you're supposed to come together. You're supposed to build your team chemistry. You're supposed to lock in just a little bit more um, because you know how important playoffs is. You know how important everyone needs to be locked in. Everyone needs to cherish these small wins, small wins, big wins. You can't overlook anyone um, because it's just so important. Um, everyone says playoffs are about teams who go on hot streaks Does the and peaking at the right point. Does that really matter? And I think it does. Uh, Cold teams that win the Super Bowl, the Ravens lost four to five final games in 2009. Saints lost the last three games uh, in 2008. Uh, Cardinals lost four to the last six. So it's an extremely important lesson because I think you do need to lose to learn, but also you need to win too. So I think it's important. You need to learn how to go through tough victories, uh, big victories. It's all about staying neutral in the sense of winning. Um, and that's, I think the Eagles are going to be fine. I think they're going to win a game or two, and it's going to be a tense battle uh, and playoffs, but they definitely going to have to learn and grow from their mistakes and get better and try not to play individually, uh, get everyone going. Um, I know there's a lot of frustration. Usually with frustration, it builds feud. Feud and frustration never go against each other. And then you you don't want people turning against each other. And then, then there's like select grouping and you see the toxicity in most locker rooms. Oh, well, me and you are playing well and they're playing trash. Uh, I don't even know why he's here and things like that. And they need to play better. The point of finger is like kids. We're grown men. We're playing at a Lee high level sport. And, you know, teams just need to come together. And that's the best way. You know, the best way to gel is to believe in each other. And I think that's what a lot of teams, and including the Eagles, just need right now. They just need to gel. And I think the biggest factor is, you know, a leader like Darius Slay not there, man. Darius Slay, uh, I think people really don't look at his leadership and what he brings to the Eagles as high. But I think people should take notice of that. Uh, because uh, I think he's a great leader, man. He's a great person. And uh, just missing that type of leader really shows dividends into your team. But let's get into college football. There was a lot of drama in college football. Both games came down to the last play. And the Rose Bowl, Michigan beat Alabama 27-20. to um, Did I agree with Alabama's final play on fourth and goal? Yes and no. I just feel like in that position, it was a little snap. Better for the doubt. You hate to see that. But I just feel like you got to make an attempt in the air. I feel like they kind of knew, uh, especially the way Bama's defense was playing, they wanted to run the ball. They wanted to keep things. They ran it uh, pretty much every down in the row. Uh, I just believe you got to put it into one of your uh, skill weapons' hands. Your quarterback can't always do it all. He had that one great QB run to get him the first and goal. Um, but you just can't keep it in hands. You got to at least make one pass, keep him honest. And I and I just didn't see that. And he did make the one big pass on second down, which got him the first and third and goal. I mean, first and goal on the three. Uh, so it's very interesting to see why they did that. But my biggest takeaway was Blake Corum. Uh, I mean, that kid is a baller, bro. Like, he is straight-up baller. I think he's going to be a steal in the draft wherever he goes. I hope he does not go into the NFC East unless it's the Cowboys. Um, he's obviously a kid. Unbelievable work ethic, unbelievable uh, talent, vision, uh, jump cut, uh, extremely talented, man. I think uh, Blake Corbin is going to be a, a gem, a dime in this league, and uh, – I think that he has a chance, if not to be national champions in the next couple of weeks, because I think this is going to be a great game between Washington and Michigan. And the Sugar Bowl, Washington beat Texas uh, 37-31. Uh, Michael Penix, I been knew Michael Penix was a baller. Um, I played against him twice in Indiana. 
and he was always making crazy throws, uh, balling out. The only reason why he wasn't dominant at Indiana is because uh, the year that we played him and beat him, uh, he tore his ACLs. I think he had two ACL injuries. But I'm fine to see he's at Washington around great weapons, uh, great coordinator, because he's always been a hooper. I don't think anyone ever who went against Michael Penix ever thought he was bad. Uh, I mean, I played against this kid a couple of times, and he's always been uh, monstrous. And he actually upset Penn State. The year we was top ranked, I think it was the first game we went down to Indiana. He beat us at Indiana. I mean, the kid's always been a monster, always been making great throws, elite throws uh, on the money. And it really doesn't surprise me. And his performance there, you know, over 400 yards, two TDs. I mean, he's a hooper. I mean, bro, Michael Penix, I think he should be first-round pick. I don't see how you let him fall. I don't think you should let him fall. I think if I had a comparison to him, I would say a lot uh, reminds me a lot of Dak, guy who can make any throw in the field, uh, great presence, can put it right up the seam if you want. I mean, bro, Michael Penix is a straight baller. And the national championship, who do I want to take? It's hard for me to take because I saw Washington struggle a little bit against the run game. And with that Blake Crum and that Michigan's offensive line, and the way I seen Michigan's D line dominate Bama's O line, <sighs> it, it it's really gonna be close. I want to edge Michigan, um, just the way I, what I seen from Michigan's defensive front and their offensive front. I mean, they've just been so dominant uh, these last couple of years and in these playoff games. But Michael Penix, those receivers and him, and the way I seen him evade pressure and still make those elite throws, it. It's going to come off to the strength of Michael Penix and it's going to come off the strength of that front seven. I think this is going to be Michigan's hardest challenge for the people uh, in the back end. I don't think that uh, Michigan's seen a set of receivers like that, you know, besides Marvin Harrison. And of course, Ohio State always has great receivers, but I don't think they've seen a connection like how uh, Michael Penix and those kids got over in Washington. Um, it's going to be a close game. I'm tempted to say Michigan just because it's Big Ten um, in that front. Michael Penix, the way he's been playing this year, um, second in the Heisman, and those receivers, man, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, and I, you just can't overlook Washington. Um, they've been surprising everyone. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to take Washington. If I'm going to take a bet right now, I want to take Washington um, because how good they've been playing and – They've been able to win a lot of close games. They've been finding ways to win games. Oregon, Texas, like, they held up in a lot of good games. And Michigan is, ah, J. Lou, Jordan Lewis, I'm sorry. I'm going Washington. I'm, I, I got to take him. I'm taking Washington, man. I'm taking Washington. Um, you know, I got to take Washington. Um, man, it's going to be a crazy game. I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, what should the Bears do? Let's get into that. What should the Bears do? This is the current draft order. Honestly, if I'm the Bears, I'm keeping Justin Fields. The people in Chicago want Justin Fields. Um, he's been getting better and better each season. Um, they're chanting they want Justin Fields. Their team still wants Justin Fields. Um, Justin Fields' stats, and obviously he missed four games. He has over 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. DJ Morris had a new career high in receiving yards. I think you allow the commanders to trade up. They got picked two. You allow them to trade it up. Um, can we see that draft order again? Um, you allow them to trade up. You allow them to trade up. I believe the Bears also have another pick uh, later in the draft. They have two first. Where's the Bears' second pick? That's what I want to know. 
Where's the Bears' second pick? You allowed them to trade up. So now you're getting even more draft capital. If that means you get another first-round pick or you get a second-round pick, that's quality players that you could get. They have pick at number 10, right? If I'm if I'm mistaken, right, you can still – you could trade back. You could still sit at number two. And that's the question, Do you want to? what do you want to do? I think there's a lot of great receivers in this class. If you're talking about a receiver to compliment DJ Moore, uh, Mooney's still been playing great. Um, but you, you look at this, you say you want them to get Marvin Harrison, but Keon Coleman is an elite wide receiver. You're going to have Dobbs coming out, and you got the kid from LSU. There's four great receivers in this draft that they can still get. They can still accomplish – so you don't necessarily need Marvin Harrison, but there is the offensive tackle, especially the one out of Penn State, Olu, that protect Justin's left side. You still had a lot of O-line trouble, so you can still get a lot of draft capital, let Washington trade up, get their franchise guy, because you have a franchise guy. Um, and because you also have to realize, when you take a quarterback from number one and you don't change the circumstances, let's look at the history of first-round picks that was taken number one. Um, besides Burrow, I don't. Without the weapons, I don't see another guy that really changed the program around. You see, Trevor Lawrence is still struggling. Um, you see, we we just just look at the history of it. You know, the first picks, Baker Mayfield kind of is on different teams right now. Um, I'm not saying the Bears situation is a bad situation, but it's not the greatest situation. I think Justin's been doing a great job in that turmoil. He's still winning games. He's still playing good. Every every quarterback has his bad day. Every every quarterback. Obviously, doesn't play great all the time, but Justin is keep getting better, and I don't think we should go away from him. They should have won a lot more games than they did this year. You can get the draft capital, and you can still keep growing with him. I think Justin should be should be in Chicago next year with another elite wide receiver to compliment DJ Moore and another O lineman. I mean, this would be great if Caleb Williams still be first overall off the Washington trade up, which I think Washington will trade up. Uh, if not, and you trade him to Washington, like I still think that's great. I think he'll he'll turn up with Terry McLaren, uh, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. They have some great, um, they have some great players in Washington. But I do think the Bears should keep Justin Fields. It, it's cool, you know. I just think. I just don't think you should move on from the history. Number one quarter, number one picks at quarterback don't turn out that well, uh, and, and that's just the reality of it. And there's a lot of struggle. You, they the, look what the Panthers did to give up for Bryce Young, and they didn't do a great job putting a lot around him. Like they didn't put a lot around him. They they picked up guys like Adam Thielen, who's a great player. DJ Clark, he's a good player. But they, the the O line struggles. The the team struggled. They gave up a lot to get him. And they're, they're, it's going to be hard for them to climb back up. So I think they should continue to keep getting draft capital and keep Justin Fields and building this team around him because I think he still can be special in this league. I'll be taking your questions before we wrap this up. So drop them now and I get to them at the end of the show. And obviously, we're going into week 18. Cowboys can manage the final week of the regular season. Um, this is for the division. We have a chance to be the number two seed in the playoffs. Game on the line, a chance to play Two home games if we win, obviously, the first round. Uh, extremely important game. We know how well we play at home. We have to be road warriors. We have to be dominant. Cowboys Nation, I need y'all to show up to Washington. We need to take over. Uh, we need to take over Washington, man. We need to take over. We need to make this feel like a home game. We need to be, go back home. We need y'all support and love and playoffs. And Dallas, we need to take over. It's time, Cowboys Nation. I'm asking you to stand up one more time. 
Travel to Washington Sunday, 4 p.m. We got to take over Washington. We got to take over FedEx because guess what? We have a chance to play at home, and you know how good we are to play at home. So, uh, Coach Mike McCarty said, let's be honest, the playoffs have already started, and I couldn't agree more. This is the boiling week. This is the end week. It's going to be super exciting. It's going to be super, super exciting, uh, you know, to get this game over with and obviously get the focus, but we got to focus on this game uh, to get that number two seed, two report, and obviously win a division. Um, it's going to be uh, super exciting and a great blessing to win a division. All we've been through, the injuries, the adversity, um, and, and it's going to be well worth it because you just never know what can happen. Um, and we dang sure didn't know this was a possibility uh, and we have a chance, so we have to do that. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be super fun. Obviously, Washington and Cowboys, always a great game. Uh, you know, it's always back and forth feud. Obviously, bad blood. Uh, obviously, not the year Washington planned on having, but it's going to be a great game. Um, but let, let's get to some questions in the chat, and uh, and let's just get it started. Uh, a lot of questions about Dalvin. Uh, thoughts on Dalvin Cook. Obviously, Dalvin Cook has been um, – they mutually agreed on release. Dalvin's trying to play for a playoff team. Can he help a playoff team? Absolutely. Uh, Dalvin Cook went into a system where, you know, they didn't really know how to future him. I think it was more of the namesake. Uh, obviously, they didn't know how well Brees was going to come back. Obviously, Brees Hall came back well off the ACL injury, and they just felt like Brees is their long-term guy, so they didn't utilize him. Uh, and Dalvin's just looking at opportunity to display his talents. I still think Dalvin can be an elite back, elite player, and – you know, I think he could benefit any playoff team. He could benefit the Cowboys. He could benefit uh, the Niners. He could benefit any team and playoffs. He's still an elite player. Uh, for six years straight, he averaged over 1,000 total yards. I mean, he's always been a great back, you know, so Dalvin's always been that guy, you know. Uh, thoughts on Aiden Hutchinson? I think Aiden Hutchinson's a really good player. Uh, he balled out last week. Um and you know, you know, he he's always been a dog. You know, ever since he came into the league as a rookie, uh, always made a lot of noise, uh, made a statement, and uh, you know, keep going, Aiden. Um, we saw a CD fumble at the one yard line. Do you think a fumble through the end zone should be a touchback? I don't think they should change that rule because uh, you know, it's a great opportunity for defenses to make plays. Uh the ball got a little loose on C D and that defender made a great play and they got a touchback. That was a game changing play. Um and if it's not, we probably score right there. And, you know, that might change the game anyway. So I still do think that they should keep that rule uh, just because it, it goes on the ball carriers and make sure they're being tight and firm with the ball because we're always looking for them late punch outs. You see that uh, a couple years ago with Trayvon Diggs with DK Metcalf on that long play, uh, just secure ball carriers needs to be better and crossing the goal line, point blank period. Uh, what was Where was your favorite place to play this season, not Dallas? Uh my favorite place to play, obviously SoFi. I think SoFi got one of the best stadiums. Obviously, it's newly built. Uh, the Rams and the Chargers play there, and I think that's one of the best stadiums in the NFL for sure. Um, great turf, uh, great. You know, it's, it's always electric there. Uh, there's a lot of Cowboys fans in L.A., and uh, it's always a great turnout. Uh, let's get this NFC East this weekend, 100%. Uh, it's going to be a great game. I can't to wait to see y'all there, Cowboys Nation. Uh, super excited to get down there and obviously clinch the NFC East. Uh, and I can't wait to do it and share it with you all. So guess what? See you in Washington. That's a wrap for your boy on the edge, uh, live in your Bleacher Report app. Thank you for tuning in to the edge. <laughs>